0: A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 214 Why is my child so poorly behaved and how to help with Monica Sutton. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. My husband, Brad, is a little convinced that our kids are more poorly behaved than we were when we were kids, and I totally understand where he's coming from. When you're in public, especially then, you think that nobody else's kids are behaving as poorly as yours. I remember when my second was four years old, we brought home our baby, who was um, my fourth baby, and I literally thought that my four-year-old was possessed by a demon at one point. Perhaps you have kids in your life as an aunt, uncle, grandparent, or a parent. When you're close to them, you'll see all the good and the bad. But I'm sure we've all had that thought. Why is he or she so poorly behaved? Childhood expert Monica Sutton is here to teach us today why this is, and a lot of it is good news, actually, and what we can do to better help these kids' behavior. She's helped children and their caregivers for over 18 years, so she knows her stuff. I know this episode is going to give some more hope to a season in your life you might be struggling with so we can better help the kids in our lives who are struggling too. Before we dig in, let's have an announcement and a word from our sponsor. First, we have about a week left to buy tickets to my Rediscover You workshop and party, the celebration party of our third year anniversary of About Progress. Both of these events are held on November 16th in Salt Lake City, Utah. The Rediscover You workshop, it's not a sermon or just an inspiring lecture. You come to work. I guide you to uncover how various forms of perfectionism have led you to feel lost in your own life, and you will leave with a real plan on how you can progress to find yourself again. The workshop includes gourmet food, snacks, and a beautiful canvas bag and other surprises too. That night, I'm hosting my first ever party to celebrate our third year anniversary of starting the podcast and this community. I am not making a cent from this party. Come and celebrate with us. Join us for unlimited mocktails, a delicious charcuterie board and treats, some surprise guests, and an activity to help jumpstart your 2020. And if you don't have a friend to join you, meet your fellow progressors. I guarantee if you come alone, you won't leave without forming valuable friendships and count me among them. And I also have a discount for those of you who do want to come with friends, whether you are buying two or three tickets, I have 25% off each ticket bundles for you. And the discount is automatically included. You can find the tickets for both the workshop and the party. Again, it's about our lost call to get those tickets on my website aboutprogress.com slash events. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash events. It has been such a joy to share with you about Promptly Journals all month long, our main sponsor for this month. They have so many products that help you enjoy journaling again from those devoted to specific focuses in your life. They're childhood history journals, love story journals, travel journals, and one centered on grief that they just released. They even have blank notebooks if that's your jam. Promptly Journals also has an app that helps you document within your phone on all of those same areas, including a personal journal, and then you can print them out off afterward individually. The best part are the prompts of both the journal and the app. If you struggle journaling and documenting because you get paralyzed by the amount of work, thinking you have to come up with it all on your own or write every little thing, get one of these Promptly Journal products. They provide the prompts that guide you to answer what is most important, insightful, and even endearing for this particular phase or moment in your life. You can get any of their products this month only for 20% off with the code ABOUTPROGRESS in all caps. It'll be 10% off after this month ends. We're in October right now. And I also have a special link and discount code for their app. The details are in my show notes, which you can find on my website, aboutprogress.com. Enjoy journaling again with Promptly Journals.
1: Well, my name is Monica J. Sutton, and I live in New Jersey with my husband of four years. I am an early childhood development and behavior specialist, and I have been teaching early childhood special education in New York City for a little over 18 years. So this, I know, this school year, I'm going into my 18th year, so it's been a long time. Wow. Um, And yeah, yeah, and I think about—I would say about three years, probably. I have really been talking about child behavior mm-hmm. on um, online, uh, specifically on social media, Instagram, Facebook.
0: Well, tell us where you where people can find you right away because I know once they hear you talk more, they're going to want to know <laughs> way more about oh, what you have to teach. <laughs>
1: absolutely, you can find me online at MonicaJSutton.com, dot com, or you can find me on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, at Monica J. Sutton. And I'm on on Pinterest as well, too. I'm trying to get a little more involved in Pinterest. I really love Pinterest, so I'm trying to do a little more over there as well. Okay, great.
0: Well, you know what, Monica? I have four kids of my own. I was also a teacher before I had kids, though. I only taught for three years. So if I think about Mm -hmm. doing 18 years, I just want to stand up and give you a slow clap. Like, that alone is so incredible, the work you do, the difference you make. I'm like tearing up right now thinking about the people who have helped me with my kids in ways I Mm -hmm. did not know how I could help them. So that's why you are here because you are the saving grace. Yeah. You, you are the people, you are what we need when we have nowhere else to go. We don't know what else to do. And, Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm going to just go on a soapbox here for a second, but I'm going to stop that and Mm -hmm. just say instead, okay, Monica, you are here to teach us why our kids misbehave. Um, because we don't understand it and it can be, really confusing when our kids misbehave. So let's start by you explaining what that even is. Why do kids misbehave?
1: Sure, absolutely. And thank you. Thank you for those kind words. It's truly appreciated. You deserve it. um, but uh, misbehavior, it's, it is, it's difficult to understand. It can, it causes frustration. It causes overwhelming moments. It, there's just a lot centered around it. But I always like to talk about three top reasons why children may misbehave. And before I even tell you like those three reasons, the first thing I want parents to always think about is that any form of misbehavior is a child seeking something. They are seeking something in that moment. And I tell you about 99% of the time, they really need us as the adults in their lives. They really need us in those moments to guide them they really are having trouble with something. And so they're seeking something, whether they're seeking an answer, whether they're seeking comfort, whether they're seeking to problem solve or just connect with someone, they're seeking something in those moments um, of challenge. And and, and so the misbehavior comes, it stems from that emotional um, side. And so, three three of the top reasons that sometimes you see children misbehave is The first one is like lack of communication, yeah, especially for our younger children. And, and some of our older children too, lack of communication, they just don't know how to express what it is that's going on. Whether something happened to them, they're feeling something, they just don't know how to express it. So, of course, with some of the younger children, they just don't have the language. They don't have a, a large enough vocabulary to express it. And for some of our older children, They lack the communication because maybe they've never been taught or encouraged to really verbally express their feelings. And so sometimes you can run into that and children, they just, that communication piece isn't there. And so they will misbehave or what looks like misbehavior, they will react in a way that however they can get that attention or get someone to notice that something's happening, They're going to do whatever it is that they can do. So Mm -hmm. it might be, you know, so for like a three or four year old, they may throw a toy or they may Mm -hmm. hit a friend or a sibling or they may pull a toy from a friend or a sibling. um, If, you know, in the case of they want that toy, you know, they can't express it verbally. So therefore they take the action and just take it or hit or, you know, respond in that way. Yeah, um, another, that totally makes yeah. sense,
0: though, doesn't it? Especially when you realize their brains are still developing. Um So Absolutely. Even, if they, even if they could speak, their brains are still trying to catch up to, to learn how to control themselves in order to communicate. And mm-hmm. sorry, what were you going to say next?
1: That is so true. You're right. Um. So the second thing I was going to say is they're also children are sometimes trying to connect. And that connection okay. piece is really just attention. They're trying to get attention. And they will get it in any way. And I'm sure... You've probably heard people say, whether it's teachers or experts or maybe you've read it, people always tend to say that children will seek attention in any way they can, even if it's negative. They Mm -hmm. will still do an action that's negative or, you know, really present something negative just to, you know, get some attention. That's what they're seeking. And so, you you know, sometimes we have to stop. We have to pause to really figure out what it is that they're seeking out. What is it that they need in that moment? What are they Mm -hmm. having trouble with? why are they seeking the attention in the way they are and oftentimes they will do things that we see as negative because it's probably gotten a reaction in the past mm-hmm. so they may yell and scream or cry and whine because it's it's gotten a reaction in the past you know it's it's that behavior's been entertained and so they use it over and over again they're not do it's you it's not a personal attack on us but it's that they realize this works and so I'm going to use it I'm going to do it And really their main concern or priority is to get the attention that they're seeking. That is their main priority in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so, and then the other thing is a power struggle. Children want independence. So because they're seeking independence, sometimes it becomes this like power struggle between parent and child or child and teacher, you know, or vice versa. Um, And it's really them just seeking out independence. They want control of their lives. And that, that wanting control starts at even 18 months or, you know, 12 months. They want control. And as soon as they start seeing that, you know, right, once they start feeling independent and seeing that they have control over their little lives, they seek out more independence. And so for us, it may look like misbehavior and we may see it as inappropriate behavior, but for them, they're just trying to seek independence. And that goes on through, you know, teenage years, you know, of course, in different ways they seek it, but you see it all the time.
0: Okay. Well, so I'm just going to summarize this for everybody because I think this is so, Mm -hmm. it can be really easily remembered if you think they're seeking communication, connection, independence. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So when you see a behavior that technically looks like misbehavior, it's really seeking one of those three things. And I'm sure there's a whole spectrum to each one of those. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, I'm thinking about my six-year-old son. His entire life, he's been an attention seeker in the negative way, which was really confusing for me because I was more of attention seeking for the positive way. Like I was trying to do the good Mm -hmm. things to get the attention. Right. But I have learned with him. And this really has been the key to us working on his behavior is when he's acting out, it means he needs me to sit with him and read with him and play with him or go on a walk or a bike ride. Something that seems totally not related to the behavior and it changes things completely. Mm -hmm. So I just want to give that little two cents there because you've you've taught me that. That's what I need to give to him. So thanks for teaching uh, communication, connection, independence.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And it's and, and the fact that you realize and you've come to realize that, okay, he needs this time, whether it's to read or just ride the bike with him or just taking that time, you're, you're pausing to connect with him. that is exactly what you're doing. And I preach the pause all the time because it's so powerful to just pause and really simply just stop because the pause is really simply mm-hmm. just stopping, freezing in that moment to be able to connect first with yourself and then connect with your child and try to understand what's happening and what it is they need in that moment. And like you said, it's confusing sometimes because the behavior, it's not even related to what they're really seeking out. It, it's, it's not even related. But mm-hmm. you realize that that behavior is really driven by something else. And so you found that to be helpful. And this is the answer. He needs that quiet time. He needs that connection piece. Yeah. You know, that's so important. Which is what I need to
0: remember. So we're going to move into what parents can do to better navigate it. But first, I want to touch on something you said. You said it's not personal. Um, I almost entitled this episode, Why Do My Kids Hate Me?
1: (laughs) Because that's the feeling
0: we can get when it feels so personal. So can we just talk about that really quick? Like, why is it not personal? Why are they not trying to ruin our lives, even when it feels like it?
1: it? It really, really isn't personal. I mean... Children, if we we start with the younger children first, you know their priority is to really just life in their eyes, life is good or life is bad, and they just want it to be good all the time. They want to be happy all the time, so their priority is to figure out how to get what they want and how to feel good. Like Mm -hmm. that is their priority in life, and so it's not. That's why I say it's not a personal attack on us as the adults in their lives. It really is. How do I get what I want? How do I make myself feel better? How do I, you know, really feel happy in this moment, or make whatever it is that's challenging go away? You know, that's mm-hmm. usually the priority in a young child's life. And then, as children get older, it still is the priority. They still want to problem solve and figure out how to feel better in the moments of frustration or challenge or struggle. And so, it's not a, a, an attack on us. It, it can feel, it can definitely feel that way. But one thing I, I try to remind parents. parents of my students to remember is that if you can and if you need this in these moments when you start feeling hopeless or when you start feeling like no they really are against me they're trying to make my life you know harder the one thing I say is just repeat to yourself my child is human they are not perfect my child is human they are not perfect you know it's the same as us we are human we are Mm -hmm. not perfect we are we're all just trying to figure it out and for Mm -hmm. children they really are trying to figure out where do they fit in this large world, in this, in this humongous world, where do they fit? How do they take control over their lives? How do they problem solve? How do they get through the challenges and the struggles? And the same way we're trying to get through our daily lives, is the same thing they're trying to do hmm. on a different scale. But it's the same thing. And so... That's why that pause, going back to that pause, that's why it's so important to pause and really connect with them and figure out what is it that they're struggling with in these moments? What is it that's going to help them get through? How can I guide them?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking of this book. I I think it I think it's a book actually. Maybe I just came up with it mm-hmm. in my own head, but I believe there's a book called Mommy is a Person um or something to, to that extent where you know you're trying to show your kids like I'm a person too, like I have feelings. Mm-hmm. I have things I like to That's do. I'm stressed, or I'm sad, but we can somehow forget that about our own kids. Like our kids are people too, and they have this whole inner world and struggles that even young ages, we still can't totally like open their minds and know what's going on in there. So I love what you keep saying about pause and connect. Let's move more into how can a parent do that? Let's say they know logically that their kids are seeking communication, connection, and independence, but when they're in the Mm -hmm. middle of some pretty big misbehavior, it's hard to remember that. So teach us what right. we can do when that happens, because it's not a matter of if,
1: it's a matter of when. Right. The first thing you have to do, and probably the number one thing you need to do is say, I need to find my state of calm. I call it state of calm. You could call it peace. You could call it, you know, whatever you want to call it, but it is your, sp- your calm state. How can you get to that place of staying calm hmm. and really being able to breathe it out and then and then respond to what's happening okay. you you have to find that calm so calm I then respond calm. Okay. yeah calm then respond it's so funny you said that someone else said that to me the other really? day I, I was saying the same thing and then they say calm then respond yeah I'm like maybe I need to go along go with I that think That's I your do. New, I need to yeah, go with that that's yes. your catchphrase thank you thank you but it really that calm is so necessary because it's going to help you be able to Breathe it out, and then think logically, so because you want to respond and not react where those are that's a whole nother story, hey, but yeah re- reaction is usually emotional, it mm-hmm. comes from the emotional side mm-hmm. and and so that reaction can be yelling, it can just be you know it, it can come out in a way that you probably wouldn't want it to come out, and so that's yeah. why you want to find that calm first so that you can think logically and then respond, and responding is really. The connection and the understanding piece and then the guidance, you know, it's knowing Mm -hmm. what you want to say instead of reacting. Okay, exactly. Brilliant. Be intentional. Being mindful. Exactly. Exactly what it is. Um, But that's the first thing, whether it's in public, whether it's at home, wherever it is, when there is a a behavior that you are, you know, you see as frustrating or you see as inappropriate, you have to find your calm. How can you calm down? And that's going to look different for everyone. Some people may just breathe it out and they may have to count to 10. Some, some may need to really remove themselves from the situation. And, of course, it depends on where you are and what's happening. Every situation is so unique. But finding that calm, whatever it is you need to do, that is the important piece. You know, when you pause, then you're finding that calm. You're, it helps you to calm yourself down in that moment. It helps you to really figure out, okay, am I ready to respond to this? Can I think logically? Can I even deal with this right now in whatever space I'm in? Can I do this?
0: And if and you so, can't, you know. remove yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Remove yourself. And yes. if it's in public, yes. I mean, take them out of the place. I, sometimes I've just picked up my kids and not made eye contact with anyone and just abandoned mm-hmm. the cart and and left instead of trying yes. to deal with it yes. in the moment, um, which is embarrassing but it was it was way better than me falling apart in there or, right. or doing things under my breath or whatever it might be that's going to cause more damage.
1: Just do what you need to do for yourself and your child or children in that moment. That is your focus. Mm-hmm. That is what you need. Okay. And yeah, and removing yourself and or removing them, like leaving the, the situation, mm-hmm. leaving the store or wherever you are, or you're at is sometimes the, the answer.
0: Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So find your state of calm respond then re, um, instead of react
1: yes the pause and the find the state of calm is so important and then depending on where you are I want you to ask yourself am I taking this personal or how am I feeling in this moment how do I feel in this moment and that that piece connecting with yourself is, is important to so you need mm-hmm. to know what the behavior is doing to you how is it making you feel because you want to be able to work on your own feelings, too. So that way you can really guide your child in that moment. Because if you can't, like, if you're not connecting with your own feelings and figuring out, oh, this, makes, this is making me frustrated, or this makes me yell, or this makes me cringe, or this makes me feel this, you know, when you can figure th- those things out for yourself, that will make finding your calm even easier. That will help you to calm down and, and really be able to respond um, and come from a place of understanding it'll, it'll make that piece a little easier. You know how they always say, you know, put your mask on first when you're on the airplane. Yeah. You really do have to take care of yourself first, um, before you can even guide your child. So that piece is important. Asking yourself, how am I feeling? What's going on with me in this moment? Because removing yourself from the situation and your child, you, it may be helpful for It's going to be helpful for your, for your child, but it's also probably helpful for you as well, mm-hmm. because you need to figure out what is going on internally. And then you want, and then from there, you want to be able to guide your child, connect mm-hmm. with them, guide them. And it, it, every, it's going to look different for every family, every mom and, and child, every dad and child. It's going to look different what that guidance piece looks like. But you want to be able to talk to them and that connection piece is talking it out, allowing them time to say what's happening with them, what they're feeling. And then help them through the situation because there's always something. There's there's a root to the problem. It stems from something which caused the emotion. Mm -hmm. So really being able to connect with them in that moment is important because these are teachable moments and. Every situation, of, like I keep, keep reminding and keep reiterating, is every situation is different, mm-hmm. but it's true. And so there may be times when you, you do have 20 minutes to sit and really have a deep conversation. Or, you know, for the younger children, maybe you have time to draw pictures and really talk about feelings. But there are also going to be those times when you don't have time to do that. You have two minutes or mm-hmm. three minutes to make a decision and figure it out. So you just try to connect and guide them in whatever way you can, depending on your situation but the most important piece is finding your state of calm being able to calm down so that you can think logically and then mm. guide them from there like really guide them said, from there
0: yeah guide instead of discipline because i think that yeah. is what we were taught to do we you know when i first became a teacher my i thought in order to be a good um teacher in, in terms of control i had to be quick about misbehavior and reacting Mm -hmm. to that and managing that and disciplining those things right away. And what I learned in a short amount of time and thankfully to some great teacher mentors was it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. I had to look for the good and guide them toward the good and recognize the good and shout that out. And that did transformations to my classes. And it's something that has carried with me as a mom but it's harder with your own kids it really is but mm-hmm. i'm grateful for that training that helped me see like that was actually evidence in front of me that this is what Absolutely. works. it works to find yeah. the positive and to guide versus discipline um but what if we do need to have a consequence here how can we do that in a way that is still guiding instead of you know it's, it could still be intentional and it can still be emotion-free but there there often do need to be consequences or
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: things that need to change in order to teach um, what does Absolutely. need to be different. Mm-hmm.
1: So when you're thinking about the consequences and really teaching in that moment, you want to think consistency. Um, so if, let's just say, for example, every day when it's time to clean up the toys, this is always a great example because I feel like <laughs> every parent probably goes through this, but yeah. when it's time to clean up the toys, the child, your child, does not want to clean up the toys, mm-hmm. or they they they, they put up a fit, right? They, yeah. they just don't want to do it. They're kicking, or they're screaming, or they're just sitting there while you're saying clean up. You, that's the that's the time to really stay consistent with whatever the consequences are for not cleaning up the toys. Okay. So, if your consequences and that's in the situation, let's say you guys are going to the park and everyone's waiting for your child to clean up and they're not cleaning up. So you either you can say um, if you don't clean up, then you can't go to the park, or if you don't clean up, then when we get to the park, um, you know some some parents like to do timeouts, some don't. It all depends on what you like to do. But the one thing in these situations to remember that whatever the consequence is or discipline is, you want it to connect to what the problem was. So. Whatever your decision is on how you want to set that boundary, how you want that consequence to be, or what you want the consequence, consequences to be for different things, you have to remain consistent, because the consistency is going to teach them that this is this is a pattern. Oh, and this is what happens, and then that's where the teachable moment becomes real. Because that's if so we keep, yeah, if you keep changing what the consequences for different for that same thing for cleaning up the toys it's every day. It's something different today. You don't have to clean up tomorrow. You do have to clean up. And then the next day you don't have to clean up. And you know, so one parent is saying, ah, forget it, whatever. Don't clean up. And one parent saying, no, you have to clean up. You know, it gets confusing also for your child. So you want to maintain that consistency, but whatever you decide, always, always, always revisit what's happening so for not cleaning up you always even if it takes your child 30 minutes of just sitting there and not listening or sitting and not moving and acting on the cleanup part once they start doing it even if it took 30 minutes or 45 minutes you sit and give them that opportunity to start doing it and it doesn't matter how long it takes because the end result is that you need them to clean up and that mm-hmm. is their responsibility and and children will be stubborn <laughs> there yeah. are some children Who will maintain that stubbornness for a long period of time and sometimes as a parent you may feel hopeless or you may feel like oh may feel defeated or maybe I should just give up or maybe just move on and just let them not clean it up it's okay but if you have the time if you have the time to sit and allow them to sit and keep revisiting what they need to do then do that Mm -hmm. maintain that consistency Even if it takes 20, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. And repetition,
0: the same problem over and over and over. And I love your idea of consistently having it go back to the problem because that helps take the guessing game out of it when you're in the moment and you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, um, so do I take away this or do we go to the timeout or do we do, if you know when they do this, this is the consequence. It makes sense so you can take the time to guide and respond versus react um and it, and it yeah like it hardwires that in their mind oh again that's what happens when i do this
1: exactly exactly that pattern is there right they remember oh this is what happened you may want to create create boundaries or um the clear 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 expectations as things happen mm-hmm. so three things you can remember and that are really important when it comes to this of course the consistency so that's one you want to be consistent Two is you want to be clear on your expectations, and then you want to give children opportunities to get it right. Practice basically it means practice. Hmm. So clear expectations, consistency and practice. they need that when it comes to those boundaries in, in the home. They, hmm. they really need that, and that's, you, you're going to constantly be repeating those things. Okay, make sure what I'm asking them is very clear, so they understand. Make sure that you're consistent with what you're acting and not changing what what the consequence or the rules or the boundaries are. And then give them opportunities to practice. And sometimes they're going to get it wrong, and that's okay. But allow them that time. They need to practice to get it right. All skills take practice.
0: Oh, amen. You know, Monica, I have taken... so many notes (laughs) just on this conversation alone and it's clear you are an expert in your field and you really love what you do before i let you go today i want you to speak to that parent who's listening who just feels like they don't see any evidence of the hard work they've been putting in and you know, it's, it's a roller coaster, right? Um, yes, yes, Loving children and guiding them and being a part of their lives, whether you're an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or a parent, or a teacher, all of the above, it's, it's a roller coaster. So can you give hope mm-hmm. to that parent especially who just doesn't know if they can see evidence that what they're doing is working?
1: Absolutely. I want you to think about that saying of, Seeing the glass half full rather than half empty Mm -hmm. and really, really honing in on every small win because every small win your child has matters. And I'm talking about small, minute, the little things. They really matter. We can focus on acknowledging some of the positive and so we don't find ourselves always acknowledging the negative, which we we sometimes don't even realize we're doing because you're moving so fast during your daily, everyday routine. And so sometimes you may just harp on the negative, the negative. You're not listening. You're not cleaning up. You're not doing what I said. You're not, you're not, or no, 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 or don't, don't, don't. All of those types, you know, kinds of words that we use, if you really, really are mindful of those small wins and see them as, again, a glass half full, you really will see that there is progress happening. Mm -hmm. Slow progress sometimes, but it's happening. So Mm -hmm. acknowledge those small wins. Because you want to encourage that positive behavior. So if you acknowledge that, wow, you put one toy in the bucket, you're doing a great job. Well, you're really working hard towards cleaning up those toys. You know, you don't have to say good job. You can, whatever it is you want to say, but acknowledge mm-hmm. that they did that. And so that way, it will encourage them to continue doing more. You know, even if it takes time, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it will encourage them to continue doing it. Because now you're acknowledging the positive.
0: That's worth and it. So wow. every small win matters. Monica I can see that this <laughs> this is just the beginning you know this is just the tip of the iceberg of what you have to teach us I want to thank you for being here to teach us about why our kids misbehave and what we can start to do about it um, and I will make sure we connect in the show notes everything Monica here for those who want to learn more from you and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show and also for teaching me in those social media uh, places that you are because you are phenomenal at what you do and I feel so grateful for you
1: Oh, thank you so, so very much for having me. Thank you for those kind words. It's so appreciated. And I'm just happy that you've given me this opportunity to share more about child behavior. And like you said, something I really, truly love and am passionate about. So thank you so much.
0: I am so glad you listened to get the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow. Let's take your learning to the next level. Print off this month's progress plan that is free by going to my website aboutprogress.com slash free. Also join our free and private Facebook group called A Work in Progress via the link in my show notes, which you can also find on my website aboutprogress.com. And best of all, be heard on this show. Be featured on the last episode of each month that is called Dear Progressor, where our listeners really, really shine. To learn how to do this, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. You do have something of great value to share with this community, and we all need to hear you. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old.